This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast. Now in our fifth season, looking into the exciting happenings of Ipswich Town Football Club. I'm Richard Woodard and you are tuned into the flagship show available every week on video and audio for a sometimes irreverent but always informative hour or more of football conversation. So make your Monday a Blue Monday. And I'm joined tonight by what who should be the most relaxed person in the pod team having spent a week, a week? few days on the log flumes at Centre Parks. Joe Fairs. Joe, how's it going? Yeah, no, really good. I feel sort of suitably relaxed from Centre Parks, but a sleepless night last night with a one-year-old who decided ah. who's decided to stop sleeping through the night has sort of ruined it ahead of going back to work tomorrow. So, so all of that kind of relaxing, all of those. Oh, did you have any massages or sauna? I I'm trying no, to your you private can, life, Joe. You can tell can't, me too. can't afford it at Centre Parks. It's not the cheapest place to do things when you're there. Well, I saw you, um, you've got a whole squad of sons and nephews all with icfc shirts that was good you practice any of your free kicks curling balls around them three or no or not yet no they're not the most helpful at either standing still or sort of doing very well if the ball hits them so i jump at the same time as well you need to train them how to do that um so on the agenda so uh, because it's um because it's november and there's no league football for us to talk about a break um, an Oxford game that was um, moved for the international break. Um, we'll, uh, we've got how many games we've got next week? I'm trying to think. We've got um, Lincoln, Lincoln Cup, Wednesday. Blackpool League, Wickham uh, League again. So it all kicks off again, um, just in time for me to go on holiday and miss out. So we'll be back talking about proper football. But tonight we'll do it. We thought we'd do a bit of a football manager special, given Joe's involvement um, as. You, what is your title? ITFC scout or analyst? Just or? Re- researcher. I think research. I'm the, just a club researcher for Ipswich Town. Very good. So we'll kind of pry into how's Joe's process worked. We've got plenty of questions on that stuff as well. Um, we'll be nerding out over Chapman 01, 02 and 96, 97 and all the Football Manager series. So hopefully that won't put too many of the kind of 
the old school want us talking about football. It's football in a way, but um, probably the nerdy angle of football. Um, but we'll start with some news, shall we, Joe? And you can tell us all about um, the under-18s 2-1 victory over Exeter in the FA Youth Cup. Um, it sounded like we made a good start and then it was a little bit nervy as it went on. Is that is that a fair summary? Yeah, basically, we, we first half we were really good. We just totally dominated the ball, dominated the game. We didn't create a huge amount of chances, but... We scored a relatively early goal through Conor O'Reilly and then sort of one later in the half through Colin Opong. And that was a nice goal, that one. That, yeah, a really good yeah. finish. Him and him and Simpson were a real handful for the extra defence and they just didn't cope with us at all in the first half. But as, as soon as as soon as you came out in the second half, you could sense that they'd had a rollicking at half-time and were sort of told, basically, don't go down without a fight and this is your chance in the cup here because I was sitting in the director's box and their manager's in front of us and... You, you didn't really hear him much in the first half, but from the second half, he was just barking out the, literally the whole 45 minutes. The players were shouting at each other. It really was a sort of, let's get this tempo up and let's give this a good go. And yeah. they they did get one goal back and the, the keeper, Jake Alley, made sort of one good save, which I think may have been at 2-0 and then one really good save at 2-1. Simpson hit the post in the second half. And we did have chances on the break, but we were struggling to play the ball out through the midfield and it became a little bit stretched and they were the better side in the second half and I think we probably did just enough in the first half to edge it and obviously we did edge it but it wasn't a good second half performance there and I say it's a bit what's, ropey. What's Exeter's standing as academies go because obviously the previous round was Kings Lynn wasn't it which was uh, we expected a Ipswich win that one. Exeter are they have they, have they got any good calibre there or, or was that just a really as you say, kind of a performance which effectively you're two 0 down, nothing to lose. Just you know, go for it or go. Yeah, as you said, go out swinging. It was yeah, a case well, of that. They're, they're a category three academy, so it's the the level below us. But where they're based, they obviously have a huge sort of catchment area of sort of players that can't travel <laughs> to anywhere else from oh, there. Good point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and because it's a, a supporters trust run club, they're very. They don't spend a huge amount of money on players going back to the catchment area it's difficult for them to attract players to come down there and I know the job Paul Tisdale done that has been continued sort of in the last couple of years by Matt Taylor they're, they've used their young players heavily like I know if anyone watched a Wales game Ethan Ampadu came through the academy there before Chelsea signed him for a million quid and I'm pretty sure I know at least one of the players yesterday has played for the first team when he was 15 and oh, wow. been linked with Liverpool. And they, they have got okay, a, so they've, they've got yeah. a good reputation and they've got some decent players which sort of get their first team opportunities early and have have taken them in a lot of cases. They're, I'd, I'd imagine I'd, I haven't checked in, into any of this, but the fact their first team was playing yesterday made me think we probably got a little bit lucky because there may have been one or two uh, players okay. that were on first team duty as opposed to dropping into the under 18s. But that could be that could be totally wrong but they're, they're they're a good side and like i say they beat plymouth in the first round and i'd imagine that's probably one of the toughest ties we could have had in the second round okay and when's the next when's the draw for the next round the is draw it... has been made and we we face cardiff away oh, so bloody hell yeah that's, that's almost as bad as exit game isn't it and um yeah so cardiff away i think it's got to be played before the 16th of december so it'll be in the sort of coming few weeks cardiff social media is pretty good so hopefully they'll stream that match in the stadium they they do tend to a lot of their under 23s games but they're they're a good side we came second in the league last year after a poor end and they won the league they pipped us to the title last year and we beat them 3-1 a few weeks ago so we're probably the two best teams in the league and have been for maybe the last sort of two or three years in the 
category two southern league. I was going to so, say they they're uh, not cat one despite their Premier League kind of spells. No, no, they've, they've been two since the start really. We've, so we've had a we've played them a lot. We've been in their league since the very start, so we sort of know all about them. And that's because the country is kind of sword in half rather than because even going east and west is a bit of a ball ache, isn't it? Are they not any quadrants? Don't they? Something, <coughs> Joe? I don't know. Yeah. I say whichever way you slice it, it's not gonna it's not gonna work, is it? Because if Especially you slice it down the middle, you're gonna end up with sort of a team in the northwest having to travel down to Swansea True. and Bristol City. So we have those teams in the, before Swansea moved up to Category One. It was always sort of like Ipswich, Colchester, Coventry, and then across to sort of Sheffield. Uh, sorry, Bristol City, Swansea, Cardiff on that sort of west side. So sort of. Well, if anyone's fancying the trip to Cardiff, or maybe um stat junior might i think she's a uni there isn't she so maybe stat will go over and be our, our mole in this yeah game there. there is decent sort of southwest blues um of course yeah, there, yeah. Harry and i know a few of the oh, other my john danger uh, yeah he's a friend of the pod yeah and i think justin is over that way as well isn't course, there i think there's yeah, a tricky i think there's yeah, a, yeah. i think there's a few over that way so maybe there'll be a small away yeah, support for the M team there depending on the when, when the game is arranged for they may get lucky and have a small win a small pocket of support do you have to still pay to go over the bridge? I just think of Gavin and Stacey every time I think of that. Yes, you do, you yeah. Do. It was free well, for... We, well, last time I went over there, which was obviously not as recently as I'm sure some people. <laughs> if you haven't watched that Gavin and Stacey episode where they lift the barrier up, make sure you do. Um, talking kind of um, under-18s and kind of dovetailing to Cole you obviously um, Dave and Ben kind of talked through... They kind of did a bit of a player analysis kind of thing, didn't they, um, midweek. I just wanted to get your take on the players that featured from the academy and maybe... Um, give us a mention of some of the players that you've kind of got your eye on, maybe with your FM hat on or just Ipswich supporter hat on. Um, it was Ben Falami and Brett McGavin started. Then there was on the bench um, Hughes, Gibbs, um, Chuera, is it? Um, 16 years, 31 days. I think you, the club put a training, a pre-match training warm-up photo up mm. and he looked like <coughs> 12, didn't he? I mean, it's depressing, isn't it, Joey? I'm old enough to be yeah. his dad. Um, and Kai Brown as well I think was on the bench but didn't come off it so are there any names that you want to kind of bring our attention to um, there um, well the guys that started I thought the guys that started all did well Falami and El Mazzini are probably two of our better outfield players sort of combining up front and I think there was nine academy players in the match day 18 which is a really good sign for the academy I was a little bit confused as to why is it Tawanda Chiwera was included in the A-team because he seems a mile off sort of any involvement where he should be. Have Lee, you seen Lee him Gibbs before? Is, I've, I've never seen him. He's never played for the under-18s. He's never been He's from involved. Shenfield, isn't he? I think he's... Um, yeah, yeah Sh- Shenfield base. He's, he's never been involved for the under-18s at all, never been on the bench. And there are players in his age group that have been, like Albie Armin, who's been away of England under-16s previously and missed a lot of time off for injury. And I think I, I can only assume that there are... He's wavering over signing a scholarship, and this they're, is they're trying the to carrot, show him something to sign one. Yeah. Because, like I say, I I had a little thread on those of the days about it yesterday, and Phil Ham was saying that Kieran Dyer brought this up on Life's a Pitch. So I I went back and listened to that last night, and he's saying that he he didn't understand it because there's like I say, there's 25 players in the youth team in the under 18 squad that are ahead of this kid and are playing ahead of him and there's potential for some of them to be a little bit miffed that this guy's had the nod. I, I spoke to sort of a couple of the parents as well that I saw at the game yesterday and 
sort of, sort of talk of it being a little bit of a publicity stunt, or yeah. no, no one could really get their head around it. So I can only, I can only assume that it's to do with him trying to get him to sign a deal, or if there's potentially other clubs interested in him knowing his deal's coming up. But I can't say I know too much about him, and I say it was a bit of a bit of a surprise, but. I, I can't imagine we'll be seeing him again in the in the next. Well, I say he could be answered to a quiz question at some point. Yeah. But Didn't beat Wickham's record that it is twenty days. I no, think. but it's but. sort of like the FA the FA Youth Cup yesterday, which is the absolute blue ribbon under eighteen tournament, which you always put your strongest team out. You might break, that is when the sort of young players do get the opportunities if they are deemed good enough. And he's not even in the squad for the under eighteen oh, game. In the squad yesterday. Oh wow! Well, okay. No, and he was back playing for the under 16s yesterday. And it's a bit like, how do you go from playing for the first team on a Tuesday night to playing for the under 16s when the under 18s have their biggest game of the season and you're yeah. not in the squad for it? So I don't know. Maybe maybe more will come out of that at some point. But it's I, I wouldn't say my only message to the supporters would be. Sort of don't get your hopes up. This <laughs> yeah. isn't this. If you know what I mean, like sometimes when you see someone coming through like that, you think, "Oh wow, this kid must be special." That if he's ben playing White at that age, yeah. where no, that's 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 yeah. that doesn't appear to be the case. It no. is just uh, a token gesture, it seems. But I know if if any of the listeners know more about that, I'd love I'd love for them to send me a message to to say. But I, I say any anyone I know who's watched a lot of the academy was little messages were going around before the game, and everyone was quite bemused about it. But Fair play to him. He got on, made his debut, and hopefully that will be does what it needs to do with that yeah, signing if, a new. If he's a bright or... prospect and and that swings it to get him a, a deal here, then great. But yeah, as you say, I'm, I'm I'd be surprised maybe if we see him in the first team. Certainly this season, maybe not even for another couple. But if he stays at all, he'll probably end up somewhere Premier League, when he's somewhere or Norwich, maybe or something stupid like West, that. West Ham, yeah. Sheffield based. Any other players? I guess we we know about Hughes um, and we know about Kai Brown as well. Liam Gibbs, um, did he come on and was it left midfield that he played when he? I think came he ended on? up on. The, I think he came on on the left, and then there was another sub soon after, and he moved across to the right. But he's he's a really good little player. He's. Um, I think he's basically been an ever-present for the under-18s and he played a lot for the under-18s last year as a schoolboy and now as a first year he's played every game and made three or four sub-appearances for the under-23s. So I wouldn't say he was next in line but he's certainly one that would deserve a chance from... But you, you wouldn't sort of begrudge him getting a chance because he is a good player and is sort of one of the ones that's really pushing on, really really good on the ball, good feet good vision maybe physically might not be quite up to it yet but he's, he's a bit quicker than he looks he just but he's a, he's a really good player and he did well again yesterday so our, our um, involvement in that competition continues obviously um, we were drawn against Peterborough away over the weekend and that will be played on I think it's the first week in December so that'll end up being the fourth so we're going to have Saturday, Tuesday or Saturday, Wednesday for quite a while into December um, would you expect um, a bit of a move to the, the the first team to try and get through that one or is it a case of play these youngsters and some of the reserves until we get knocked out Joe? I think it's going to be youngsters and reserves until we get knocked out I suppose that, that it might change if we get within sort of spitting distance of Wembley if it is this is a semi-final and you've got the game ahead of you but I say again this was when I listened back to Life's a Pitch yesterday Dyer saying we've got a squad of 28 players like Lambert is lucky to be having these cup games at the moment because that gives him a chance to actually sort of utilise the squad and try and keep players happy and keep them playing if we were, if we were knocked out of the leasing.com 
yesterday, sort of earlier this week, and we lost a Lincoln or losing the replay. There's a sort of a, there's probably 14, 15 players that are almost not in consideration for mm. for starting games. So at at the moment they're probably serving us well, but you you do need to win the games in order for them to continue serving you well. So I'd imagine both the FA Cup and the Leasing.com trophy are going to be 10, 11 changes every every time we play. And we'll, we'll come back to talk about Lincoln um, on Wednesday at the end. But yeah, I suspect that will be similar, won't it, given um, our disrespect to the FA Cup historically. Um, sticking with Peterborough, I want to get your thoughts on this one. This um, this kind of broke. Um, TWTD put this up. I think it was an interview with the Peterborough Telegraph. Um, this um, Peterborough moaning about Wickham and, and us playing the depleted Bolton team with their youth players um, being unfair and where would we be in the league if um, if Ipswich and Wickham hadn't got those three extra points. It's, it's kind of spiralled a little bit and is now a little bit more serious because um, Darren McAntony, the Peterborough owner, is talking about legal action. Let me give you some quotes. Um, if Wickham or Ipswich win promotion by a point over... Um, over teams who didn't play Bolton and Bolton's youth team, it will be wrong. The EFL have potentially opened themselves up to lawsuits. The Bolton team is now stronger. They will be well coached by a top manager and backed by a brilliant fan base. The league didn't handle this well. Um, I mean, I think we can agree that it, he's right that the league didn't handle it particularly well. What's your take on whether lawsuits would follow if Wickham... I guess the easiest thing for us is to get promoted by four points, isn't it? Or whatever it is. Um, but, yeah, what's your, what's your thoughts on that one? I, I know he is a bit of a sort of gobshite is probably the <laughs> best way to describe him. But I think he does have a point in reality. Like, it is... We, we, we got... Like, admittedly, the fixture list is always unfair on certain teams. You might play one team when they've got an injury crisis. You yeah, might play another team at the end of a window. A ago, and, yeah. and all that stuff. And, and that does yeah. happen. But the reality is, Bolton were... Uh, a side not fit to be at this level and it wasn't because of injuries it wasn't because of suspensions it wasn't because of anything apart from the fact that the club were in an absolute financial hole and they they did not have a sort of a proper number of senior pros on the books and that is and they shouldn't have been able to they shouldn't have been able to start the season in the state they were in I think it was wrong that they did start the season like that we beat them 5-0 it could have been 15 you saw the they show like on the I know some massive fan of this but the xg tables and but when you look at the experimental 361 tables and a lot a lot of them bolton's results for the start of the season have just been totally discarded because you've got a like for the youtube you've got a graph of this size 23 clubs are in this area and bolton are there (laughs) and and it's like and it and it was and it's and it's wrong we we've we were fortunate we played them when we did but like you say i think we just need to make sure we go up by more than a point, I think, which is, and that, that ends the argument. But I say it wasn't, it wasn't right that it happened like that. We, we were, we were beneficiaries of it. I'm, I'm, I'm sure we would have beaten Bolton anyway with a proper team because we're, we're better than them. But you see that the way they're picking up results, they're hard to beat. They're resilient. They're into the positive now, Joe. They, they're going to be moving ahead of South End soon. And I say, I, I say I don't particularly like McAnthony. I think he's got a point on this and this will rumble on. Presumably the, any legal action is the league um, and their handling of the situation but do you think Peterborough if if Peterborough go up now 
first or second. Does this happen? Does any other club come out of the woodwork, or is it just because it's Peter and Darren McAnthony? Who we, is, does Andy Holt get involved? I know he wasn't happy about this. Is where do you draw the line here? Because this, this rest of the seasons to go, we've, we're talking maybe two, three months, weren't we? <coughs> where this yeah. is, is a factor. Um, I suppose. I suppose the precedent. If, if you're looking at football, would be the sort of West Ham, Sheffield United, Carlos Tevez, Javier Mascherano effect, where yeah. they effectively admitted that West Ham were in the wrong. Sheffield United were relegated because of a player who should not have been playing. And there was a massive payout made to Sheffield United from West Ham. Well, League table wasn't changed, though. And, no, but that, that was... Um, one thing, and whatever happens this year, I don't think the league table will be changed. But if Peterborough do miss out on goal difference behind Wickham and then lose in the playoffs, or they miss out in the playoffs by goal difference behind Tranmere, another team who beat them, then there's going to the, the EFL are going to have a case to answer because yeah. they're they're supposed to be the custodians of the league, and they've made a massive balls up at the start of the season by allowing Bolton to start in that state. It was yeah, and looking back, I mean Bolton were on the verge of kind of complete collapse several times throughout the summer and into the season. So yeah, as you say, he's, he's got a point. I think it's and what, who were the team that were due to play Bolton? Was it Rochdale that was supposed to be playing Bolton and the game oh, was yeah, cancelled uh, Friday Doncaster night before the game or Doncaster. Yeah. It was cancelled the Friday night yeah. before the game because they, Bolton only had under 18 players who couldn't play that many games in a week. If Bolton beat Doncaster in a rearranged fixture, and that went a Doncaster team competing for the top six, they, they, they're going to have every right, even more than Peterborough, to feel very aggrieved because they've basically lost a guaranteed three points. Let's we do a bit of a roundup for the for the games that were played over the weekend before we move on. Um, so we've we've Peterborough, I don't think played anyway. So obviously the slow news day in Peterborough then. Um, Let's start with today. Wickham um, saw out Tranmere in the first half, really. Though it's quite, it's quite an even game from what I have checked out on the on the stats. I don't know whether you was this on Sky, Joe. It was on Sky. I didn't catch all of it. I saw bits. Beast mode was yeah. scored a decent header. And can he play three in a week? That's this is the question. I was speaking to a guy who's a Wickham fan, and they've got a few players. I don't think who can sustain three games a week. So we got to hope that some of their better players, or well, they'll rest them, won't they? But I don't know. I'd, I'd, it wouldn't surprise me if. Why, why would they rest them to go to Ipswich away? I know we're. Surely you want to get the three points in a more winnable game on the Saturday, and you just write Ips, you, that, that if, if they're going to write a game off, you're going to try and win the Saturday game rather than the probably True. the hardest away game of the season. Well, you take a point, a maybe. Yeah, and yeah. You know, difference between a point and none is not as much as three. Um, other results to talk about. Blackpool, who we play next weekend, 2 0 winners over Wimbledon. Bolton, as we've talked about, 1 0 winners at home. Daryl Murphy with a goal, um, and they are now into positive points. Um, Coventry um, were behind for a big chunk of this match, but came back to win 2 1 with an amazing goal from Liam Walsh. Um, Maradona esque, Messi esque, the Coventry Twitter account um, has said. Um, I reserve judgment. I, well, I'm not going to say anything because people were tweeting me the goal, Joey. I don't know whether it's trolling. I don't know whether it was... Um, but, yeah, I wasn't there. It's a shame that there. it wasn't a draw because that would have kept us even yeah, another point further ahead of the top of the table. Um, Lincoln stuttering. Um, we play them on Wednesday. Lost away at Gillingham, 1-0. Um, and Rotherham, who are in a little bit of a run now, um, beat Accrington at home. So Wickham go top. Um, three points clear, but with having played two games more than us. Um, Coventry now third. 
um, ahead of Peterborough, but they are they're on the same amount of games now. Um, and Blackpool and Rotherham, Rotherham, as I say, on the little bit of a climb, um, now make up the playoff places. But we've got all kinds of 16, 17, 15 games played there. I think we need to wait until maybe the end of the year before we start looking at the league table with anything, um, any kind of scrutiny. Um, and to finish off the news, I thought I'd mention this. We're, we're kind of calling out the um, Ipswich women, and that's a hashtag call out, um, which I'm going to lob in every now and then, um, who were 17 nil winners. 9 nil up in 40 odd minutes, I think it was today. Um, but AFC Kesgrave were the unlucky uh, opponents in the Suffolk FA Women's Cup. So um, good on for the Ipswich women um, freeing the Ipswich nine um, by, by almost doubling up against Kesgrave. Um, and they're into the next round of the FA Women's Cup. I think that's just a Suffolk Cup, isn't it? Suffolk FA, yeah, even, Suffolk even FA. In the, even in the final, they win about. They're like the only, they're the only decent team in Suffolk. I just watched the final one year, and they won about twelve-one. It's a bit like. Oh. Well, they're in the mate. second round of the normal FA Women's Cup as well, though. I yeah. think so. Yeah, yeah, no, is, that's better. This is the Suffolk seventeen nil. Is doesn't do anyone any favors. It's not good for the, not good for the game. No. Well, I, th- I, th- I don't know whether they've got the squad to be able to rotate as much as we have. But well, I think what it is is that under twenty ones are in the they played the same day, didn't they? They're in the Women's Academy Super League, which is where they play all the top teams: the Liverpool's, the Man United's, the Man City's, the Arsenal's, and they had a game at. They had a game today as well. I don't, I don't know how they got on. I haven't checked that yet. But I suppose the, the younger players that they could have brought into the team were playing elsewhere in a tougher game anyway. So just gives the girls a chance to get fit. Yeah, yeah and fill their boots in terms of goals as well. Um, but good luck to them. And um, yeah, obviously, if you want goals, go and watch the women um, play in the Suffolk FA Women's Cup. Um, no idea when the next round is. Um, or when the draw is made, but it's usually Radio Suffolk after final score on a Saturday evening, but um, maybe that's just the blokes. Um, Josh, we talk about football manager for an hour or so. Go um, for it. I, I don't know where to start, really, <laughs> apart from, obviously, um, both of us, like a lot of you um, watching or listening, big fans of the Football Manager series, um, I've been rooting through my cupboards and found um, this bad boy. This is Championship Manager 0102, which to me is... Um, the most the the best of the ones that you can just lose an hour or two to blitz through a season with um like me yours was is it 97 97 98 or 96 97 the first one that you had i i I think it was cm the original cm2 i remember the original cm1 which my uncle had brought back is that with the guy in the front cover pointing yeah but i I never played that one but the, the original cm2 i remember going to play it around a friend's house just and I was in year six. I just sat my entrance exam, and my reward for passing my entrance exam to every school was to get a, a copy of CM2. So it's going to ruin your school career. <laughs> so, like then, it did then. so then, subsequently ruined my sort of school and university <laughs> career, and and continues to do so. But yeah, so I had CM2. The, like I said, I remember CM97, 98 when that came out, which had sort of the Italian league and the Spanish league, and that was exotic and the best thing well not not for me because i bought it but the best thing about it was that once you installed it onto your computer oh, no you then didn't need to yeah, see it yeah of course i my copy of it i think must literally did the whole of like ipswich school kesgrave school <laughs> um chantry with all my mates and i still like, like on wednesday i'm potentially meeting a mate up at lincoln and and he's and sort of like him and all his mates. Oh, like, yeah, you're the guy who gave us CM97, 98, like <laughs> five years before we met you sort of thing. And so that, that game did the rounds. And I've literally played 
sort of every, everyone from that one. I, I missed one where my laptop wasn't up to spec, and I just I had a similar spell. Yeah, that. kind of mid noughties I've I've got the whole stack that I was able to find here. So um, that's I was just proving how nerd I am. But we were talking about uh, 97, 98, and I think I had maybe three CM3 as well. And I bought it. It was the first game I bought on the PC. Um, and installed it, and it seems to take for bloody ever to install because you had a huge, massive database. Started it up, and I remember there's a picture of Bobby Robson, I think, with Cliver yeah. as one of the background with, images. It's a big um, sort of shield, isn't it? Yeah, I think that was it. And um, and it just took forever to load, and I was thinking, this is broken. This is clearly broken. I took it back to the shop, Joe. I got a refund. I, I managed to get a refund for a PC game, which I don't think you can do now. Um, and um, yeah, and then realised the error of my ways a few years later when my mates got it, and um, yeah, went back. But yeah, not looked back since. And I have to apologise to Seb, friend of the pod, um, who blames me for getting a lesser degree because I introduced it to him just as maybe his, his A levels as well. So I get the blame for Seb's low I, grades, I, which I, I remember through like I'm not having it by the way. Have yeah. exam week at school, and I was I remember one maybe like year ten when I was doing my GCSE mocks or year eleven, and I was banging out a season of, a season of night with Ajax <laughs> during, during it and then the sort of results went predictably badly at that point and I just like I say if there's an addiction to anything it must be that the sort of one more game just staying up and just yeah. continue. even now I just have it on my laptop when I'm sitting there just watching TV just pressing spacebar to hurry it along and carrying on from there through university like one of my first days at university I sort of I'd been chatting to some guys on a night out and about football manager and we literally took our laptops round to each other <laughs> like four of us just sat there did you ever get playing. a server game working that was no, the kind of the never holy really grail it never worked uh, yeah no yeah so all through university i just used to play it and subsequently dropped out and oh, really? carried on, <laughs> carried Not on. It, i think i can make it as a football manager yeah, yeah my that, afternoon that, that, that wasn't why yeah <laughs> I, i've um yeah my first year uni um in the afternoons basically from two till six before you went out for beers or whatever i had a swindon save i think there's a question which i'll come back to about that swindon save i think i got something like 20 20 years into it and that was afternoons wasted chris moyles on in the background he was on the mark and lard chris moyles on radio one in the background and not doing any work and i yeah and i got a um a desmond degree at the end of it um and i'll play football manager for that um i don't know where to start really so We'll we'll talk about the kind of there's a new edition coming out um next Tuesday the nineteenth um um but I think let's let's start with your kind of involvement Joe so um Seb um aforementioned Seb um who presumably wants your gig um and Chris Hodges as well kind of said asked how you got involved and then Craig um our mate Fim seventy five got involved and and also explained how you got involved but do you want to, to talk us through what what your role is and and kind of how that manifests during the year yeah well so basically getting, getting involved was just on twitter or something like or maybe just on the forums and it was just sort of say well oh, we need an Ipswich town researcher email in this and sort of say why you'd be good why you'd be good for the role and i just sort of pinged an email across and sort of because at the time i was running i think i just started the academy twitter feed and and the, the, re- the reality is sort of nearly nearly every fan can rate the first team and say who's good who's bad and all, all that side of it but the reality is that where the where football manager is sort of different from the fifas and all those games is the sort of depth of data it does with regards to the youth teams and all the full-time players so somebody who sort of why i was 
sort of suited to the role from what they came back to me with was that I just watched a lot of the youth teams and and that side of it because that that's what people want to know people don't want to log on or people don't log on and say oh Luke Chambers is Ipswich's second best centre back oh brilliant they they want to look to see who in the youth team are the wonder kids and, and sort of from there and sort of subsequently spoke to Craig and sort of Work well we sort of worked out that he'd stepped down for just sort of too many other commitments and I think it was sort of children getting to ages where sort of the time commitments were just making it too difficult and and then I sort of picked it up from him and sort of it's, it's gone on from there do you um I'm kind of going through the questions and trying to inter uh, interlace them through what we're saying um in in terms of your process then have you have you got a baseline of data that you then increment or is given to you or is it your data effectively and and you manage it and does it get peer checked and that kind of stuff yeah it's it's a bit of both really in that you there are there are guidelines which the squad needs to to fit within um you you they sort of i don't want i don't know how much i'm allowed to say but i'll just say what i one and hope I, don't, <laughs> hope I don't cross the line but realistically you get you get given a sort of rating for your top 16 players which you need to be within if you're slightly above it slightly below it, as long as you can explain that then it's, it's not too big an issue but you can't be miles above it you get sort of a sort of level where your star players should be you get a level where your squad players should be and a level where your sort of other players should be and Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with McDelivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24 seven, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Sometimes I've had to go in with players over star level. Sometimes I've not had enough in there. So it's it's not a it's by no means a by the book. This is what it is, and you use that you use that as a baseline to start with. And with regards to the youth the youth players, the academy is rated, and you have a baseline of what sort of players would normally be coming out of the academy. Fine. So the potential ratings are 
Chelsea players are generally a higher potential rating than Ipswich players who are a higher potential rating than Cambridge players. But to be honest, I don't I don't pay too much attention to that on the academy side. I think I watch enough sort of Ipswich youth football, England youth football to, sit, to see where our players need to sit in that. So I tend to do that just merely on my views. And I've never had any complaints from the head researchers on that side of it. So I assume I must be doing something okay on that. But it is, I'd say the squad needs needs to hit a certain target in effect and it's clustering to, or yeah yeah more than that and and however however you want to do it as long as like i say as an example at the moment our star players have a current ability rating between 120 and 130 which is out of 200 i've only got i think there's two players in that one of which is emir hughes but he's a difficult player to rate because generally you're not supposed to cut players when they're injured because Oh wow! Okay. So, because he's been injured for so long, he's sort so of Bishop's got good stats as well, hasn't he? And yeah, and... Hyam as well. Before him, I, I seem to recall was quite yeah, good. Yeah, because like I say, when we signed Emmy Hughes, he was a sort of star player for a Championship side and was playing like one. And now he's a star player for a League One side, and the team rating has slipped and slipped, and he's been difficult to pull down with it. And sort of Tom Addy Amy had the same issue with so there issue is an issue with that, and you have the issue when players sign for you from clubs in the lower league like someone like Kane Vincent Young comes up and he's seen as a Do you have to do a bit of an exchange of information with Cole Yusko? Is there one for every 92 team? Yeah there's one for all the yeah there's one for all the clubs there's 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 basically a head researcher for the Premier League who manages sort of the 20 researchers there head one for the Football League who manages the 71 slash 72 there and then I think there's head ones for the non-leagues and it drops right down to as many levels as you can imagine there it's, it's crazy to think how it's evolved because it's not a resource for clubs isn't it i mean i know there are teams using it as a pool for scouting you know if you can't yeah. send a guy out to travel up and down the country um why not use the fm database because it you yeah know... and I, like I, say, I think we're the sort of without blowing our trumpet the researchers are, are the experts and the players we, generally we, we've seen these players more than anyone we, we know we know more about them than anyone and like there's only so much a scout is going to be able to pick up in in so long but i'd say ah like someone like matt clark when he left to go to portsmouth i'd probably seen him play like 60 times for the under 16s under 18s under 23s and stuff and you just can't get that information without watching them all that time and it's i'd say it's a really well researched game like i say there's obviously been some howlers in the past and fortunately i haven't <laughs> sort of no, been Mike responsible Duff's for any or, of those and yeah bakiyoko's or Tobedira and <laughs> Chedis Ambers, things, yeah. but like i say I, I i still think it's a really good game i still think it's the best football game i don't really play the fifas and stuff like that I, but I, I still think it's a brilliant resource and it's still popular it still is the number one pc game out there and still sells well do you um so you're you when you were talking before about your kind of the the points allocation for the players depending on whether they're star players and squad players and that 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 is the the accumulation of all of the points for all of the kind of categories that we've all the stats they can have yeah yeah um, yeah so, and so it's generally they... the main ones and then you have some hidden ones as well which so like injury proneness consistency these are the ones that sort of sit behind that aren't visibly available in the game but this this thing it's difficult sometimes because physical stats can make a massive difference so if you make someone like Hayden Jackson as fast as he is in order to be that fast and be a league one player you've got to be technically so poor to balance out how physically dominant oh, okay. you are. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, makes sense. There is there is sometimes a little balance that needs to be done there where it doesn't always 
work the best but the problem is the the, the ratings that the researchers do do have to fit in with the match engine and and pace is important in the game and it always has been and probably always will be and it's difficult to sometimes research that out of it um i'm just wondering kind of for the for the academy players down kind of coming through to what extent will you assess all of their individual stats or are you is there kind of a again a baseline that you would generally apply and is it the ones that stick out when you're watching that you'll then individually score and then everyone else will kind of have a just is there a computer generated random scoring for some of the younger players that you just haven't seen enough of or yeah well what it is generally when a player gets into the first team you need to have completed their whole stat card effectively so they're heading they're crossing they're dribbling all, all the stats that are out there but but when you haven't seen that much of a player you can just input out of the sort of 50 data points you can put like six or seven in there to try and balance it to be the sort of player that you know they are you know what foot they are you know how two foot they are generally from watching a player once or twice you can pick up this you know what sort of player whether they're sort of a good crosser of the ball or a good tackler or good in the air that sort of thing so you then just you sort of start to build it from the sort of for the under 18s the first time you rate you rate them you may have only seen them two or three times if, if that even so you you know oh well he's a ball playing centre back is what I've seen from him so far so maybe you just give him a decentish rate for passing decentish rate for visiting vision and maybe a lower rating for positioning or something along those lines just yeah. to try and get them to be the right sort of player and you fill in like six or seven and that gives you a general rating for them and then the rest of the their card will be filled in randomly to ensure yeah. that they fit to your because you can set their ability level so you set their ability level set some of their ratings and then the rest of it is randomly filled in just to make sure that they sort of sit sit where they need to sit total ability wise and you're sort of shaping them has helped them to be the sort of the right player and as you I'd like to say you, you do one sort of in the summer there's a little one you can pick up just before sort of now effectively for the last data update before it goes so once the season starts then the next time you're going to be looking at these is ahead of the big january update that it does and then it's a big summer update so you get four chances sort of through the year to look at them and it's just a case of building on building on each one as as the season goes through and for new signings so you don't want to discard the person before you's work because they're they're the person that's seen them play a lot more than you have so it's a case of trying to look at how they've rated them and how that fits into your squad and just to try and build it up as it goes that's fascinating i guess that one of the the risks you've got is um and i know that obviously there are checks and you've got kind of head head scouts or what have you or head researchers um and you see it invariably with football clubs where a player is more valuable to another team when they move you know, supporters on twitter say glad he's gone and you, I love it how you see this on the um, on the social media feed on FM19 at the moment you know different opinions of players but uh, is there anything to be said for that kind of bias of Kane Vincent Young might be moderately rated by Cole Yu they wouldn't have said he's a star player potentially and suddenly for us he's probably gone from a squad player maybe to being at the top echelon of that so is, is there any kind of redressing of any statistical analysis that has been done um, when you when we sign players I guess that handshake from you talk about Emir Hughes coming from Cardiff to to Ipswich do you start with a blank sheet of paper um, I assume you use the baseline you've got but do you factor in anyone's bias from where they might have come from before you, you try to look at it through a fresh set of eyes but you generally will use the basis that you've been sent across and try and change it from there someone like 
Vincent Young when he comes across. Like I, th- I think he was an actual example of someone that came across that is rated quite lowly in our squad. He wouldn't have been a starter in the squad. And he's one where I spoke to the head researcher to say he's he's brilliant. <laughs> like, I I, can, can I have a look at him? Because he's because when they transferred over, it was he was transferred over as, outside of a research phase. So, oh, okay, because you had to get so the it's, it's just in done. The yeah, okay. yeah, and then you need to get him. You, I just sort of asked if I could, and like James Wilson was another one who. Um, sort of oh, freebie as well of and, and obviously he was a reserve at Lincoln last year in League 2 and now he's come in and yeah he's a reserve here but he's proved capable of playing first team football so he was one that I just asked to have a have a look at sort of ahead of this window so I could just give him a little boost and a sort of little tweak as to how he has played just to try and ensure that when the game goes live next week on the full release database that he isn't ranked as too far down the pecking order that he's no point having him here so it sort of reflects his value to the squad and the sort of and the quality of play he is i've got a couple of couple of questions before you joe and then we'll kind of talk about fm20 and and how ipswich kind of fit into that and then before everyone else's questions as well first one is um um players positions get you get a starred rating don't you or you get a green um for how good they are in that position is it your ratings for t- certain um, attributes that steer that positional rating, or do you have to do that as well? You know, this guy can play left back, right back, centre back, or what have you. Are you, are you inputting that information yeah. as well? Yeah, wow, you're inputting okay. that information. So basically, for every position, you can rank them out of 20, 20 being a natural in that position. So there, and it sort of builds down from there. So if they're sort of can play there, so someone like Luke Chambers would be like a 17 at right back, a 17 or 18, because he played well. Maybe in 2016 it was that, but since then I've probably dropped him a couple of points because he hasn't played right back for so long. So it's just, it's an ongoing thing with regards yeah. to that there. And sometimes, like for example, like Trevor Chalaber came in on loan last year, rated as a natural centre back and not as highly in sort of defensive midfield and midfield. Where over the course of last year that sort of changed. And I haven't seen the data this year, but the fact he's still playing centre mid at Huddersfield, I reckon probably by now he will be a natural centre midfielder or defensive midfielder as opposed to a natural centre back so it's yeah. it's just like as, as it progresses it, every, everything is open at every, at every update every, everything can be changed and there's, there's you don't just that is what it is I'll, I'll just leave it there you, you've got the opportunity to look at every sort of data point throughout it and and sort of the, that's what the best research will do oh, this is really fascinating Joe I'm really enjoying this um, and on uh, on Chalaba then so would you have would, did you kind of you would have I'm going to ask you about your your kind of sequence of what you do for the season um, or throughout the year but would you have left would you have provided a remark to Chelsea's researcher or Huddersfield's researcher on him about his natural positions or are you relying on them doing their homework as well well basically when when they transfer they transfer from the state that you leave them in so right. I'd have been passed it from Chelsea and I'd have done it for the year and it would have then been passed back to Chelsea for them to look at and they could probably have a look at it and because I'm sure their researcher is somebody who watches a hell of a lot more football than sort of probably anyone in the world it seems but so he he looks at that and all you football and he, he may have just thought yeah I think he's done okay but that isn't going to work for how he needs to be seen here and then maybe tweaks and then he'll go across to Huddersfield in that state and be looked at again and sort of pick from there so okay. these players can just be moved 
I say it's it's a lot easier for players that move from English leagues to English league clubs because all their files are held by the same researchers. But when players are coming in from foreign leagues, it can be a little bit of a slower process. I, I don't know why behind the scenes, but I assume it's much more difficult to move players from different databases across. But it was interesting when we signed, for example, like Kevin Brew and Balint Banya, who were players that no one had any idea about. And I got a sort of like a card through for them and it's sort of shows sort of all their physical attributes which which you're aware of but the potential that their previous research some a bulgarian guy for brew had a the dortmund research for them and what they've seen in them and send them over and then you can sort of look to adjust from there but it does give you a sort of a almost like an insider's view on how they're rated when you before sort of the rest of the fans get a chance to look at them but we don't go outside the British market too often to Yeah, to unfortunately, know, but... which was something one of the chats on the midweek show. That was quite interesting that I thought about, you know, where's, where's the cult hero Dutch player in our squad? Um, but that's the great thing about football manager. Um, do you want to quickly tell us about your process throughout the year? You've mentioned, obviously, that you've you presumably got a stat, a stat submission deadline before the beta comes out, which uh, I think is now usually around October time, isn't it? And Two weeks before the game comes out, and generally. Then, but... Okay, and then the final, your final submission presumably was... Is last week or week before? Or is no, it tomorrow? It's actually, it's actually or... a few, it was actually a few weeks back because they want to get all the data in, sort of main to be, to be looked at so it can be tested. But then there is a data lock. So if James Wilson signs his new contract after the after I'd sent my files back in, I can just send that change in. James Wilson signed a new contract on this date, up until this date, can you update it? So... It's it's making sure that the data stays up to date, but because you've got injuries as well, yeah. Now and, yeah. I, I can't go in and say, oh yeah, I think I've, I've ranked Toto Enciala as a twelve for heading, but I think he actually needs to be an eleven. That sort of stuff is like yeah, we're, noise, we're far it? we're far too busy to deal with that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> have, have, have a look at it next window. But we're dealing with the Premier League, Joe. That's all right. Yeah, well, like yeah. Jack Lancaster, there was uh, information from. Paul Lambert that he looks like he's going to be out for the whole season where they'd originally said four months so that was one where I just sent in to say can his injury be updated so he's not back till the 1st of May and so it's so just to try and keep it as accurate as you can just to try and move these little bits on there so they're the, they're the little changes which are sort of big data changes not and I'm sure if um, Liam Gibbs came on, scored a hat trick against Colchester, and then started the next game and scored two. Then I might be asking for his file to come back to me so I can have a look at him to potentially update him. But gen- generally, they're, they're they're pretty good and they're they're really. Like I say my head research guy called Dean Gripton, who I think was a, he was a, big, a really good scout on one of the early versions of CM, and he's the my my head researcher, and he's he was sort of very open. If he thinks I've done something wrong, he's not afraid to tell me that certain bits need to be looked at again generally he's fair he's very receptive if i have some things which are which are slightly outside the guidelines as as long as i can argue them one a few years back was sort of just like jumping reach is based on height and daryl murphy isn't that tall but yet he would be everyone in the air so it, i'd managed to sort of push that up so he could sort of his sort of stats could reflect how good he is in the air and so certain certain things like that are what what come in so You'll have a January transfer window update as well, presumably. Throughout, and is there any other? How many data ups do they do? They do? They, they do the big winter update, which is which is after the January transfer window. So, generally, I think it's towards the middle of January. I need to get my sort of 
my sort of review of the first half of the season effectively in so that that can all go in and then as all the transfers happen whenever there's a transfer in or out of the club you need to inform them generally though they're aware of it anyway because it's news but just to make sure that if i'm informing them the other clubs researchers informing them they're aware of it it's sort of almost triple checks i presume but i don't know a huge amount of what goes on at si games yeah in watford is it is it watford it's actually at stratford now i think it is okay whenever they advertise jobs i always tweet my mates saying right i'm quitting my job i'm gonna go work for science there we go um and your process during the match then joe are you taking notes or are you just watching and observing and then reflecting back on a spreadsheet Um, or something what's your process generally i just i just watch the the only time i make notes is with regards to we sort of play an under 16s game in the in the hospital cup at the end of the season which is generally all the scholars that are going to be going into the game at the next year so the club do the little pen profiles of like x is a center back who has signed at age 15 but i generally just sit there and almost make sure that i can work out who in the photo is who because you need to sort of show the ethnicity of the players so i need to make sure that the right players yeah. are black and the right players are white because that could be a little bit ridiculous if you get that wrong make just make a note what foot they what is their preferred foot what sort of positions they play and just a small note as to what type of player they are but generally i just i just watch the game and pick things up because you're that's that's about the only time when you're watching sort of 12 13 14 players that you've never seen before or you've seen two or three of them and you've got a big dump you've basically got like 10 players dumped on you and you, you need to remember everything about them a lot of times you'll go to an under 18s game there's a school board playing oh like, like Liam Gibbs was playing last year it's like okay I'll just keep an eye on him okay he's right footed he, he plays as a 10 he can drift out wide and you sort of pick up there where you're just adding and consolidating your knowledge generally apart from the sort of new players and like I said that hospital cup game is the one where you really need to i'm sort of there with my notebook trying to scroll down as much as i can while updating the academy twitter feed and trying to watch the game oh, bloody hell, Joey. multitasking he says players come multitask um uh, the the reason for doing this pod is is to get some insights and interest in, in a game that a lot of people love um not repeat not for joe to get any complaints on the Ipswich town player stats um but i'm interested to know whether any players have given you any feedback on the stats because they play on the coach as well presumably as well have you any yeah, uh, I, any replies I, or um it's, opinions it's given generally to... the youth, it's generally the youth players that do because not i don't get huge amounts but the first team wouldn't know who i am or, or care i'd imagine they might have a moan but the youth team players you have to effectively approach them to ask them what's your date of birth where were you born all, all the information like how tall you are how much do you weigh because you need to pull all that information together so because you've asked them they now know that you are the point of contact if there's anything they don't like with it so i had one actually yes i had one player asking if i could make him a bit better as a <laughs> what's it worth <laughs> the game. but um, i did go back to him and say at the under 18s he was like the highest rated center back in, in the under 18 squad and when i told him that he was quite happy so oh there you go jay it's quite good wait someone's day um We'll go through the. We'll, let's talk about the the new game. We've, I've, what I'll do is um, for those watching on YouTube, um, we've got the 
um, Football Manager official kind of features video. So we're not going to talk about the stuff about the club vision screen has changed and backroom staff delegating certain tasks and responsibilities is a bit better. I think some of the development stuff is now graphs about how player stats are improving, which is good. So we're not going to go nerdy about the new features. Like you've not played the beta and, and I wait. For, I get the game at Christmas time. So we're not going to be... Over, some, uh, um, uh, some of the listeners have or subscribers um, have... Um, so they've got far in the cups, which suggests the beta is obviously flawed. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I did play a little bit. I, I looked at it just to, but generally I'm looking at it to see if there's anything that's leaping out to me as wrong. And the first time I went, there was a player who's in the under 18s that was being pushed too far on that I came back and had another look at. And I couldn't quite get Leo Neal's role right as that director of football operations. So it was more looking at that side of it. But I did notice some of the things like club visions where your plan, you have like effectively a five-year plan and Ipswich is on when I looked at it was to get promoted in the first season and by like year four to consolidate in the championship. It was get promoted, stay up, stay up, consolidate. That was so is the four-year plan offered to you. So the big, so, um, so watch behind us for the features and um, we'll put a link somewhere as well to the, um, not literally behind us, I'll do some video editing um, so you can see what's what there. The club stats. So the thing that most football manager players who have tried to manage Ipswich and take us up um, moan about Joe is the budgets. You know, of, of all of the bits of football manager to me, that the most accurate is how skinflint Marcus Evans is when you sell a player for eight million. I sold Andre Dizel to Burnley, I think, for eight million and loaned him back, and got maybe a couple of million to spend, which is probably extravagant at that point. And then my wage budget had to be moved around. How much control do you have over the nature of the off the field stuff as well? Or are you just about on field stuff? No, no, you, you have to set all that. You have to set the budgets, the transfer, transfer budgets, the Help wage us out, budgets. Joe. Come yeah, on. But <laughs> the difficult years, people like, this is always the biggest complaint when you on the forums. The well, it's research too accurate, though. I, 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 we, it's a good thing. We have Joe. money to spend. We put yeah. and not, not We put a bid in ten million and we didn't spend it. It's like, well, just because that bid supposedly went in didn't mean it happened. But re- realistically, the squad is set as it is at the end of the first transfer window. So, if there was money spare, both for transfer fees and wages, it would have been spent effectively, because. We've got Kane Vincent Young, we've got Will Keane, we've got Giorgio in on loan. That was the splurge at the end of the window, which I'd imagine used up our budget. So the squad, if you want to get some money, sell some players. And exactly right, which is exactly what, that's what and, Lambert's got to do, isn't it? Is. Mm. I, did, I did know it's on FM20, actually, when I, when I did play it the other day. It was a case of you've, you'll receive 50% of your transfer fees to be able to reinvest it up until 19 million at which point you receive so it tells you how much you oh, need to sell scale. Transfer okay. revenues, which isn't something that i noticed on the on the previous versions but I, I i think that's great i mean the thing that football manager has evolved to is it's such a real experience and that is a real occupational problem that um, um mccarthy hurst um, and Lambert have had is the budget is is largely quite inflexible, um, and I think it's great that that's echoed in, and, and it, it makes it more of a challenge. You know, there's things you can do to cheat. You know, we all know about um, saving the game before a match and restarting and all that kind of stuff, and setting up another team. But actually, the the experience is to is to try and do something with this team, isn't it? And, and League One, Joe, presumably Ipswich are going to be the big fish in a small pond, and. Uh, yeah. 20 players with Ipswich should expect to be doing a Ryan League One 
because of yeah. what we've talked about. Well, League One's crap. Sunderland have got a good squad as well on there, but you look at the team and Ipswich and Sunderland are the favourites to go up, as they were in real life and as they should be. And I say you've, it's just a case of, I don't know, I think every, every manager should get out of that league in year one or two with the, with the squad we've got. But Survival, then, eh? Not going to be Stay easy. Any, um, any kind of big... Um... I think we might have a question on this, but I'll ask you just in case. Any of you, any of your kind of, um, how long have you been doing this role for? How did, when did you take over from Craig? I, I can't remember exactly, but I think it was about 2014, maybe. Okay. 2013, 2014. So are there any kind of big marquee players that you spotted early? I know you've got the kind of academy account anyway, but for FM, any players that have come through and done really well that you scored and said, and you advocated for to your researchers? I've, I've, Last I got quite lucky last year because Jack Lancaster had had a really good pre-season and I just managed to squeeze an update into him before the sort of after I submit my data I was like I need to have another look at Jack Lancaster because he is going to be playing for the first team soon because he looks he looks brilliant and um, he and I just got that done and then within sort of a few days later he then made his first team debut sort of just as around the beat was coming out and he was one of the best young players we had and was a player that was quite easy to improve quite quickly and sort of get into a first team regular. So he was probably one where I looked as though I was slightly ahead of the curve or on the curve. And I think Teddy Bishop was another one that sort of was sort of picked out quite quickly. It's, it's like as soon as you, I think the key time to spot these young players who are going to make a big impact is in preseason. You, you see them come back and all of a sudden they're in the first team squad and you're like, wow, who is like Titus Yeah. And, and sort of, and like I said, last year under 18s, I was, I was, I was a massive fan of Armando Dobra and Idris El Mazzuni. I just thought those two just looked sort of just streets ahead of where they, where they'd been the previous year, and they they looked like they're ready to kick on. And so they they went in quite highly last year, and have sort of rewarded that faith that I put in them there, and sort of went from there. What's your favourite position? I've I've been I've had a save. My most recent save in FM19. Um, I uh, second season I've finished third just outside the top two lost in the playoffs had a really bad sort of start to the season and the players had a mutiny and forced me out I resigned and then got got the Huddersfield job I tweeted about this have a look at my Twitter feed but got a, like a 50 million war chest to get the promoter which I did I got them second I signed McGinn signed Courtney Howes I, I, I went crazy Jay um, but I was playing one up front for Ipswich and I've come to the realisation that I think Four four effing two, or at least two up front. It's probably the way to go for it. Switch. What's your kind of preferred formation with 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 down on <laughs> I'd I'd really like to get a good sort of four two three one going, but four four well four one three two was the formation on the last one that really worked. And the, the problem is, it almost becomes formations that work too well. And in the year That's before, the it, game was, engine, it, it, it was three strikers the year before. It was two strikes on the last one. And whilst you don't want to, it's not cheating, but when these formations you know they work and you yeah, sort of end up just going back to them. You, yeah. you try you try and play it back to how you think it should be like four three three and one up front and getting runners around him but then when you start struggling and you know there's a formation that you can change to and it's going to yeah. elevate you up the league table it's quite Big hard game. to go away from so well that was really fascinating Joe. I've, I've really enjoyed that i've got plenty of questions as well so um and some about um normal football as well as i should put it um let's go through the fm questions first if i um let's see if i can do this um seb asked about how you got into it he also says we talked about your successes any any mistakes you've made any calls that you had to correct in the next release um 
probably the biggest one I've had was sort of I've really rated George Fowler when he was here. He was really he was playing a huge amount of under eighteen foot when he was so young and sort of under sort of as under fourteen he was almost playing regularly for the under eighteens and I went quite heavy on him as a as a as a prospect, but I kept his current ability quite low. So whilst in the game he never became the superstar that he could have been. Had he had he fulfilled his potential, I'd have probably been made to look a bit silly as to who is this player that is sort of an England quality centre back and he's being released by Ipswich to go and play for all the shots. So but l- luckily he some, something about his profile made him never really realise the potential that he had so I managed to get away with that one um, Average FIFA dad um, are you the one that makes the decision on the player's potential background start? I think we talked about that if so who did you who did you give the highest rating to in the club I don't know if you want to answer that one or not Joe do you want to give any spoilers away But um, well, Jack Lancaster is highest in the club at the, at the moment with regards to potential I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure but he's injured for the whole season which is yeah. a bit of a blow but like I say anyone who sort of watched the under 18s you can see who the sort of players are and the Dobras the Elmazunis and then sort of down even to the Liam Gibbs I was pleased he got his debut because he's one I've rated highly um, Justin asks us is Chapman 2 the best release I won the Champions League with ITC and Darren Anderton scored the winner any memorable archive saves from back in the day Jay? Oh, they're they're all memorable in their own way. But I used to, I've all, I've always been a one club man. I haven't really done much job hopping around. So it's always and generally get the game, start with Ipswich and play it until sort of until forever. Effectively. Tell us about and, your youth save that you've you've got at the moment. Your FM nineteen save. Yeah, that, that's that's one I've done a few times where you can only use academy players in it, and um, if you receive any offers for players that aren't academy players you need to let them go you can't renew their contract so you can effectively use them until they they go and you can bring back the likes of sort of like Connor Wickham and sort of cheating slightly to bring back Nick Pope who made his England debut earlier today to give us a keeper because it's that or play Lewis Price or Michael Crow, which doesn't get you very far when you're in the Premier League but it's I, I, it's just a sort of style of game I like to do which I find quite fun to bring through the young players because it's, it's very difficult to bring them through otherwise and I feel like I spend so much time researching them and it's nice to actually use some of them it's like a Joe Fairs 11 um, Sam Williams says that <laughs> What's his, he's answered our question I think about the best the best saves he said, well, the one where Kenlock had 20 for heading I'm not sure that's where he is at the and moment that, is it? There, was a, there was a glitch in his game because he should have only had a rating of 9 for heading but for some reason it went in at 20 on Sam's game um, who are your shouts for players from the lower leagues to keep an eye on I think this might be a normal football question which I've so you can either answer it on football manager terms or in real life terms he's talked about Jack Sparks at Exeter um, any kind of tips in real life or um... yeah I, I, I did have a quick look on the sort of football manager I just had a quick look on there and I think Mark Bowler who's at Blackpool who, who was previously at Arsenal looks a really good player to sign if you get hold of him Luke O'Connell at Bolton and potentially Regan Paul who's just signed for MK Dons he'd been released by Man United he had a really good year at Newport last year and I think he's one that could be rated quite highly if you could prize him away from Milton Keynes good shout um Oh, Ben, um, James Mealing. Um, what's the strangest thing you've seen whilst playing the game? I have an answer to this. I I once had a son called Russ Fairs when I was, I think I was AC Milan manager, and you quite often apparently this, it's only happened to me once where you get a child in the game and their favoured personnel is you. And I was based in, I was at AC Milan, and 
Russ Fairs was Russ Fairs <laughs> born in Ipswich. Named after your favourite, I don't know, your comedian yeah. comedians from the eighties. I don't know. Yeah, and um, I was England manager at the time as well. So, it's, oh, Russ, you're, you're straight in the England squad, young man. <laughs> Steve Fries, Alex Fries, on an epic scale. Um, yeah. I've I had a statue built um, for me by the Swindon Town um, board for getting them promoted to the Premier League or staying up there. Um, Chapman 0102. Um, there was quite a lot of a, um, players got sent off beating up the referees I used to recall that used to be quite a regular occurrence I think I had that once um, I'm pretty sure one of the earlier games there was a, a glitch or a thing where they players died in car crashes or something they had to remove oh, that I can't remember that I think yeah. that and that might have been a, a, like a myth or something I don't think that was championship manager that one but I used to remember on the old games if you wanted to manage the national teams you used to have to put your name in as like Terry Venables or whoever the actual national manager was it was like a cheat that you could put in your name as Glenn Hoddle and you'd become the England manager that was the only way you could become their manager but... I haven't done international man- international management is so boring in, in football manager because you basically go on holiday for big chunks there because you're not going <laughs> to watch matches are you but um ben Arier, oh um, does football manager need a huge overhaul in my opinion the interface needs to be updated it's i guess it's it's evolved it's like um fifa in that you don't you're not going to get a drastically different experience um maybe there's like once in a decade kind of upgrade but it's more purple i guess is, is yeah. the thing. But... I, I always think if, if you go back like three editions you do see a massive change between what's happened if you were to load up like fm 16 and and see how that looks now a hell of a, a hell of a lot does change but it's generally it feels quite seamless because it is aimed at the sort of the the players that play every time there's always a there's sort of like one big change of time so like the training schedule was a big change and that sort of how that works and how you round that and this time it's this sort of club vision one and stuff so there's always one big change and lots of little ones and I don't think you realise because you play every every version how much how much it does change if you miss a couple out. Yep. Um, oh, I, I, I was going to ask you a question. For, completely forgot what it is. Um, let's keep going. Um, who is the next Cherno Samba or Super Rungratsumi? Which I think is a. I think we've dealt with that. I think the database is a little bit more checked now that you don't get these outliers, these Cherno Sambas, who are yeah, unbelievable, aren't they? Let's be honest. Yeah. On the old games. I think Cherno was a he was a player that was sort of scoring a hell of a lot of goals for England youth team, youth teams and like Tonton Zola, Makoko. And these were players that were highly rated. Freddie had do. Like I said, they, they became jokes because their careers didn't pan out as they should have done. And not because of how highly they were rated on championship manager, because of how highly they were, they were rated in real life. And like I say, you look at, you go back to FM 16 and you see how highly Andre Dezel is rated and you see where he is now. Well, he hasn't kicked on like back then if you'd have looked on the forums young English players to sign every single one would say Andre Dezel mm. oh I'm Liverpool I've signed Dezel I'm Spurs I've signed Dezel because all the all the best young players are at big clubs now and if if there's players that are top players and they're at category two academies or championship league one league two clubs like I'd imagine Luke Matheson at Rochdale is going to be a wonder kid to sign because he is in League One, so it's going to be easy to get away from his club if you're a big team. You're going to offer a million and a half, and you're going to get him comfortably. And he's a he's a quality player. Mm. I remember the question I was going to ask, which is, to, how much do you delegate your responsibilities? Because I think, I think there's a bit of a revamp in twenty for delegating tasks out. Are you a, are you kind of a tracksuit manager, or are you a rock up on the match day manager? 
I, I, I do it differently each time, really. Sometimes I just think I want to have a director of football who does all my transfers in, all my transfers out, all my contracts. I just am the first team manager. But I found that that function doesn't work that well. So, like, because you still have to set the budgets between, like, wage and transfers. So I remember, like, one time it was, like, the end of the transfer window and I kept offering money for players, or my director of football kept offering money for players and then the contract would be rejected and I'd look and it's like, because they're asking for 60 grand a week and I'm offering two grand a week because I'm at the top of my transfer budget or my wage budget. So then you have to move the sliders across and then all of a sudden the next player you sign and it's a bit like, I wanted to, I'd, I'd love to do one where the director of football is a proper, and you were in there as a coach and you were given everything and you've got to work it out from there and you're told you need to start integrating youth players. I think that would be a, a good way to do it and and the flip side you become a director of football and you have to manage your manager but I'm, hopefully I'd like to say if that can happen in one of the future versions I'd quite enjoy that I I do nothing Joe I'm so late I, I quite late doing the transfers team talks but training I've never done anything on training because I always get it wrong and then what they rock up and we're crap at defending corners or something like that it's, I've just been burnt too many times on that one um let's deal with um real life questions shall we um Jack Barron, do you think Bolton will stay up? Let me give you the league table. So so that we talked about them being in positive points. Yeah, I, I think they've so got a little bit too much to do. To, it's 12 points from safety as it stands. Yeah, it's, it's it seems doable, but I, f- I think it's going to be hard because you can't expect MK Dons to keep losing as much as they are. You, you've got to think they're going to turn that around slightly and to get 12 more points than anyone over 34 games is, is, is a tough ask. So I think they'll, I think they'll get close, but I, I hope they don't get close. And then there's another points deduction for not fulfilling fixtures. Cause that mm-hmm. would make it a real, real kick in the teeth. So I think they sort of are where they are now. And hopefully they either go down and can have their points deduction and just get it out of the way this season and move on to next year with a clean slate. Um, Luke Penning. Um, haven't been totally impressed with what I've seen from Will Keane. Are there any of the under-18s not mentioned previously, although we have talked about that, um, that can make an appearance in the first team, whether it be a cup or cameos? He rates O'Reilly and Opong that we've talked about. Um, your thoughts on Will Keane and whether there's better options maybe that we haven't seen too much of so far? I don't, I don't think he's really had a fair crack of the whip yet, Will Keane, and that he's sort of, sort of come in, played a game here, dropped out. He'll play Lincoln, games. won't he? And it, yeah, he, he hasn't played with... Well, I don't think he's played with either Jackson or Norwood yet. I think he's played either up front on his own or with Armando Dobra or sort of there. And, and he's not really had that opportunity to, or with Jordan Roberts in the cup. It's like, maybe give him a game of Norwood, see how he gets on, or give him a game of Jackson. And I imagine he'd improve and that'd help. He's a little bit sort of chucked under a bus a little bit. But with regards to players coming through, well, really Simpson. good to see Ben Falami. Well, I think Ben Falami, oh, yeah, great call. I think both him and Morris have been forgotten about a little bit because of their their injuries. And I say Falami, if he can, like I say, carry on playing like he did there, he's got a really good goal for the Australian under 23s against China on Thursday, I think it is. And I say it'd be, be nice to see if he can come in because he, he was starting to look a player under Mick at the end mm. of his spell. But and under Brian Klug, I think he was up front against Reading when we beat them 4-0. He started that game and played well. So ho- hopefully he can make a bit of an impact and become a sort of fourth slash fifth striker there. Yep, cool. Um, Mullet asks a um, similar question, actually, um, to Arthur Pickthorn about um, investment. And I, I, he hasn't cl- um, clarified whether it's FM or real life. He does mention Jordan Williams 
um, who was the Rochdale midfielder, I think, that I talked about, was kind of sat in front of the back four, who Is I that quite the big liked. number eight, was it? Yeah, the big number eight. So yeah. I think that's a good call there. Um, it'll be interesting to see how these players now stack up on FM20. Um, but I think the gist of the question, I think Ben and Dave talked about it as well, um, is our investment strategy for January is it plucking kind of bargains from league one teams or is it trying to find the crafty deals to keep us in the championship what would what would you be doing joe well i think you've you've got to be like i say i'd, I'd, I'd caught the end of an interview with leo neil on on radio suffolk yesterday and but you've just you've just got to always be looking for the players that can improve you as a squad that are the right age profile that can come up but I think we're going to have to be wheeling and dealing a bit because you can't really add to the squad in the position it is without losing a couple of players it's, mm. it's too big as it is and come January we're likely not going to be in any cups and it's just going to be the league run from there on in and I don't know it's, it's, it's going to be too big but I don't know like I say but if the right opportunity comes up if there's somebody who's available that's sort of should be worth more than they are and you can pick them up like either getting them lined up for the summer or before that, then you, you, you've got to pull the trigger. Which we did with Norwood, to be fair, didn't we? That, that yeah. must have been happening kind of this time last year, maybe. Um, yeah, good stuff. Thank you for the questions, everyone. And Joe, thank you so much for those insights. That was really fascinating. And, and we'll obviously um, keep our eyes peeled for the 19th November release and see how things are, are looking then. Um, but I do have a play your stats right to end with. And it's not really a fair test because I'm going to take you back um, to Champman 0102, and I'm going to, for once and for all, settle the debate. Who is better, Marcus Stewart or David Johnson? I've picked, depending on, we've, we've, we're well over the hour, but I'm, I'm going to do this. Um, I'm going to pick, I've got maybe a handful of stats here, and I want you to tell me whether Marcus Stewart or David Johnson is higher, or who's higher or lower on these key attributes. What version was this, 0102? 0102. So this is, Ipswich are now relegated Marcus Stewart is at Sunderland in the Premier League. David Johnson's at Nottingham Forest in the first division, as it was then. Okay. Um, so let's start with the most telling stat, finishing. Um, Marcus Stewart, higher or lower than David Johnson, and by how much? I think he'll be probably about a 14, and Johnson maybe like an 11. Oh, Joe's fair. It's 14 for Marcus Stewart, 12 for John O. Oh, 12. Finishing. Um, determination is always a key, or what is always a key stat. If you want staff by the way determination man management motivation that's dmm is what you need to look for determination here marcus stewart david johnson higher or lower <sighs> david johnson higher how much by maybe three so do you want to give me a guess for the stats i'd say johnson maybe 13 and stewart nine so 10 12 marcus stewart 10 john o 12 this is good um let's go well f- oh, there's i was going to go flair but they're actually level pegging. Do you want to guess the stat for out of 20 for Flair? Um, 11. 14. I thought it was 14. quite generous. Um, mm. Dribbling, higher or lower, Marcus Stewart or Jono? It's a tough one, isn't it? Um, Marcus Stewart was good at beating a man, but at a much slower pace. I'd probably go Stewart higher, maybe Stewart at 13 and Johnson at 11. <laughs> Stuart's a 13, Jono's a 12. This is impressive oh, no. <laughs> stuff. I'm testing your credentials and you are coming up. Smelling of roses, Joe. Um, heading. Oh, it's also a level pegger. Um, yeah. Give me a, out of, give me a score out of 20, though, for you, your estimate. Thir- 13. 12, not bad. 12. Influence, though. This is the big one. Out of 20, Jono versus Marcus Stewart. Higher, who's higher, who's lower? I, th- I think Jono will be higher. I think Jono will be... 13 for influence and Stuart will be 12. So you got it you got it right. 
Stuart's got a five out of twenty for influence. Mm. John knows only a ten, which oh, okay. did surprise me. Um, and we'll finish with. We'll, uh, it's a bit obvious. I've I've finished too obvious, Joe. I'm, I've got pace or strength, but I'm pretty certain that you're going to guess. I think, it's, I think David Johnson's going to win both. Of those. Win both, yeah. isn't he? Let's see if I've missed one. I haven't because I've picked bad stats. I didn't want to go defending or rushing out no. of area or whatever. Um, but do you want to give me your scores for pace? Johnson maybe 16 for pace Tick. and Stewart 9 13 a rather 13. generous 13 that's well played Joe do you want to have a go at strength as well strength I'd say Johnson 14 Stewart 12 oh, bang on let's oh, end there we can't wait that Joe Fairs that was impressive stuff and as always you totally ruined my quizzes that's fine <laughs> um, do you want to talk to me about Lincoln I've got I do have one more I've, oh, work rate work rate over the page I didn't read it I think I think they might be level on that, but I'd maybe say Stuart's slightly ahead on it. He's slightly ahead. Do you want to give me a score out of 20? Um, maybe 13 for 18. Stuart. 18 work rate. Wow. And, and 17 maybe 15, 17. Yeah, 17. Both um, tight. A bit right. generous there. I thought so too. Um, Lincoln. Johnson, you should just hang around waiting for the ball to come near him before yeah, he Yeah, work rate when it was, yeah, when he had the ball. Yeah. It was very good. Um same with Stuart, to be fair. Um, Lincoln replay on Wednesday. So we've already alluded to it. We think more rotation, uh, even yeah. a few more first-teamers, Joe? Or I don't think so. We've got I, a big I, game I, on Saturday, obviously. I don't think anyone who's going to be playing on Saturday will be playing on Wednesday. I'd imagine it'll be a total new team for Saturday from Wednesday. So if you work backwards from the Saturday game, I think you're going to look at something like Holly in, well, Norris in goal, Vincent Young should be back. Chambers, Wolfenden, Kenlock. Oh, sorry, um, um, Garbert. And then Scoose, Downs, because Downs will still be away on internationals. Um, Judge, potentially. Norwood, Jackson. That's what you're going to be looking at, which means you're going to be working back from that. Holly, Danassian. Kenlock. Kenlock. Enciala, Wilson, I'd imagine, as a back four. Midfield, sort of Emmy Hughes, probably Will Keane up front. Yeah. I say similar I teams be... probably the the Saturday game a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, and I, I think that, but like no Dazelle or Downs, so I think they're still away with England. Right. So, but yeah, so I'd, I'd imagine it'd be similar to that, and I'd imagine it'll be 10, 11 changes from that into the Blackpool game, and likely go out. Or, or will we do something stupid like keep it to nil nil and take it to extra time or something yeah. like that? Yeah, but then if we do that, if we're going to be making 11 changes, it doesn't really matter, does it? Because like you get more minutes in the legs. And that's 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 the benefit of like how we're treating the Cups. You want... I know Lambert's moaning about too many games, but you want to stay in the Cups. You are in a position where you can make 11 changes because that just gives you a chance to keep another 11 players match fit. Yep. So hopefully we'll go through. I think I'm going to head up for that. Hopefully we'll go through. Say, and... Yeah, made the, yeah suggest earlier you're going to go for it. Going to make a prediction? Um, no. <laughs> well, I hope you enjoy it. I hope it's I think enjoyable. It'll a, I think it'll be a tight game. Like I think Lincoln will be wanting to win it, and I, I don't think we'll be bothered. But that that may just give them the edge at the end. No win. I think Lincoln are on a pretty poor run at the moment, though. So maybe a good time to play them. But fingers crossed and safe journey up to you, Joe. Enjoy that one. Um, do you want to give us your plugs where we can find your academy Twitter and, and your personal one? Although your yeah, and no complaints. I want it by a little the way. Bit now. No more complaints. Yeah, <laughs> I'm at Joe Fair's personal at ITFC underscore academy for the academy stuff where I 
sort of try and keep on top of that. But if, if people do have any issues with the data or the spot or anything, I'm more than happy to hear from people. I'm not too precious about it and I'm sort of happy to explain my reasoning to people. And be if, constructive if are, though. Be nice about it. Yeah. If, if, if there are areas which are wrong and I'm, like I said, there's, there's, I'm sure there's plenty of mistakes in there. People pick things up all the time and I'm sort of happy to sort of say why they are like that or if I've made a mistake, I'd, I'd, I'd prefer to know so I get it right for next time. Brilliant stuff. Well done, Joe. Um, you can find the channel at Bloom Monday ITFC on Twitter. If you're looking for Benjamin Bloom on YouTube, you'll find all of our video content um, and his as well, his great championship stuff as well. You can find me at Ips Rich. Um, and we've got a bit of a, we've got a pod congestion issue just as Ipswich Town have got a fixture congestion issue. So there's a bit of rotation needed there. I don't think we've figured out at all who's going to be on this week but it'll be Thursday probably maybe going into Friday for the midweek show given do we play Wednesday it is Wednesday isn't it so a yeah. little bit later than normal and then um, normal service resumed for um, Blackpool on Saturday with the flagship on Sunday Monday games coming thick and fast into the Christmas season looking forward to it Joe thank you once again that was really enjoyable um, I shall let you have the last word yep uh, good luck to everyone trying FM and hopefully you'll be able to take Ipswich up into the promised land of the Premier League. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping. But in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurant. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.